All right. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. I am your sweet, lovable host, Stacey Lynn Harp. And I want to let you know that today, what we're going to do in this first hour is we're going to talk about the war over the religious exemption. I'm, I'm telling you, I thought a lot about this this week because I saw this article going around the internet. And one of the things that blew me away was just the divisiveness that that article created and the misapplication of it. It's very subtle uh, what this guy was saying. And so we're going to take that. We're going to look at it. And I'm going to share with you, I'm so excited, by the way, to share this with you. I'm going to share with you some answers to prayer that God has been doing. Um, Pastor J.D. Frog over there in the Hawaii area, uh, he actually has posted uh, like all his transcripts from his shows talking about but God stories. God is on the move. Just so you know, he is totally on the move. So we're going to talk about that. And I have some audio that we're going to air for you from the governor of New York, who, who, who flat out said that um, that unvaccinated people are not listening to God. So we're going to talk about that as well, because there is there there are as as I learned years ago, there's generally speaking two mutually exclusive worldviews. Right? There's the one that believes in absolute truth. And then there's the relativistic one, which basically says, hey, you know, if this is right for you, it's right for you. What's right for me is right for me. And just so you know, if I feel like I can do this and, you know, I'm okay with it, doesn't mean that it's okay with you and whatever, who cares? Because it's all relative. As Greg Kokel used to say, he wrote in his book, Fert, uh, Relativism, Feet Firmly Planted. In midair. Wait, how do you do that in midair? You, you can't. You can't. You cannot firmly plant feet in midair. And yet these worldviews here, especially about this vaccine and now the religious exemption and how it's tied to that. We're going to talk about that. But first, before I do. Obviously, I want to welcome you to the show. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, feel free to leave a comment, share this out wherever you can, whether you're listening to our Anchor podcast, you're over on Amazon, if you're, if you're on you know, Spotify, wherever we're at, feel free to share it out. I'd love for you to contact us. You can go over to our website, hearttug.org. That's two T's in hearttug, hearttug.org. You can go there. And if you like our work, you can also donate over there to our nonprofit and thank you in advance for doing that. All right, so one of the things I want to talk about first, though, is I want to read you a psalm that I read this morning, Psalm 104. And I'm reading out of the New American Standard 1995 version. <laughs> My husband knows me so well. There it is right there on the screen. Um, this is what it says. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a cloak, stretching out heaven as a tent curtain. I actually, when I was reading that this morning, I was like, covering yourself as with light as, as a cloak. That's very interesting vi visual there. Um, stretching out heaven like a tent curtain. He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters, he makes the clouds his chariot. He walks upon the wings of the wind. He makes the winds his messengers, 
flaming fire, his ministers. He established the earth upon its foundation so that it will not totter forever and ever. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters were standing above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. At the sound of your thunder, they hurried away. The mountains rose. The valleys sank down to the place which you established for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass over so that they will not return to cover the earth. He sends forth springs in the valleys. They flow between the the mountains. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them, the birds of the heavens dwell. They lift up their voices among the branches. Think about that, birds. I learned this week that, that cardinals have 200 songs that they sing. Randall and I were talking about this, and and, um, I just thought it was interesting because I always know when a cardinal is in my bird feeder because it sings when it it eats. It likes to talk. (laughs) Like between bites, it will sing. It'll sing and then eat, sing and eat. I love cardinals. Anyway, uh, verse 13, he waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of his works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the labor of man so that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine which makes man's heart glad so that he may make his face glisten with oil and food which sustains man's heart. The trees of the Lord drink their fill, the cedars of Lebanon which he planted. You ever think about that? You ever think about all the trees in the world? Nobody planted them. They're just there. And yet somehow they live. They survive. How is that? Where the birds build their nest and the stork whose home (laughs) is the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats and the cliffs are refuge for the uh, Shephanim. I don't even know what that is. I have to look that up. He made the moon for the seasons and the sun knows the place of its setting. You appoint darkness and it becomes night in which all the beasts of the forest prowl about. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. That that verse stood out to me this morning. Think about it. Just think about it. When the sun rises, they withdrew, <clears throat> withdraw and lay down in their dens. Man goes forth to his work and to his labor until evening. Oh, Lord, how many are your works? In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. You ever think about that? You ever think about the earth being full of God's possessions? We have our we have our possessions, right? We we possess many things, but the earth is filled with God's possessions. There is the sea, great and broad, in which are swarms without number, animals both small and great, where the ships are moving along. Gosh, my nose is totally itching me here. <laughs> And Leviathan, which you have formed to sport in it. They all wait for you to give them their food in due season. You give to them, they gather it up. You open your hand, and they're satisfied with good. You hide your face, they are dismayed. You take away their spirit, they expire and return to their dust. You send forth your spirit, they are created. And you renew the face of the ground. Let the glory of the Lord endure forever. Let the, let the Lord be glad in his works. He looks at the earth and it trembles. He touches the mountains 
and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Let my meditation be pleasing to him. As for me, I shall be glad in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, I want to get an amen. Why? Because, you know what? This psalmist had his eyes focused on what matters. And I would tell you that today, being a, being a Bible-believing Christian in the 21st century, it can be very tempting to turn our eyes looking at the world, looking at all the secular media, looking at all the things that want to drag us down, that want to depress us, that want to have us be defeated in our thinking, instead of turning our eyes upon Jesus and his written word. So that's why I start the show with with God's word. I want to encourage you to go and meditate on Psalm 104 today. You might also want to go back one and, and look at Psalm 103. I op- That's one of my favorites as well, uh, and all of that. So what I want to do now is we, are we going to watch that, or are we going to do the? We'll do the other, but. I just wanted to know. Okay. (laughs) I can see Randall. I can see what Randall's doing, but you can't. So, all right. So what I want to do now is, uh, thank you for coming in and, you know, I I hope, you know, I want to, I want to share something, you know, I want, I hope my purpose in doing this today to talk about what we're going to talk about, about the religious mandate exemption is to encourage you to think through the issue. You know what? Look, there's a lot of people right now in the body that are um, so, like, unagreeable. They're disagreeable. They don't even want to look at the other side. That's not what I'm about here. In fact, I love looking at the other side of the issue. It's one of my passions, actually. That's why I've spent so many years looking at the homosexual lobby and how they marketed homosexuality to America is because I want to know, like, okay, what is the enemy's playbook right? What is, what is it that they're saying about me and how are they going to, um, you know, what's their argument? And usually they don't have a good argument, but you know, as a, as a critical thinker, somebody that reasons, you want to hear what they have to say, uh, because you want to be able to give a reason for your faith and for why you believe what you believe, but you got to know what you believe first in order to do that. And, And unfortunately, a lot of believers don't, don't, they don't, they don't know what they believe. They don't know why they believe it. And they just parrot talking points um, that they hear somewhere without actually ever critically thinking about it. And I'm trying to find my graphic here. So this graphic here that Randall's going to put up here, um, this thing, this screenshot, it says, for those of you who are on the audio podcast, it says, what does your faith exempt you from? Okay, now this is important. I want, I'm going to point this out, okay? It's written by Pastor Keith Marshall, who I don't know, but he looks like a pretty young guy. He doesn't have any gray hair in the, in the picture, so it means he's probably under 40 at least. Um, but the title of the article is, What Does Your Faith Exempt You From? Um, I'm just going to answer that question simply right here. Um, what does your faith exempt you from? 
the question is, why are you asking that question? Why that question? That's the first question, is why that question? The second question is, what, what, how do you define your faith? You know, I mean, you know, a lot of people have faith in different things. So um, you got to ask yourself, well, what faith are they talking about? You know, because like some people have faith in different things. Some people have faith in, in Buddha. Some people believe, you know, they, they put their faith in the media. They put their faith somewhere else. I, as a Christian, put my faith in Christ Jesus and what I know of him through his word. Uh, and that's kind of where this guy was going. Anyway, so let's read this and think about it. Let's going to read and think, read, think, read, and think. Okay. So it says here, religious exemption is a term I have heard more in the past three months than the rest of my life combined. So my first question is, well, duh. I mean, it's, it's a question. It's like, why would it be brought up any other time, right? I mean, <laughs> is, there, is there a reason, like, in his whole life it would have been brought up prior to this? I don't know. But anyway, um, he said, he says, recently I was asked if Christians should be able to claim religious exemption when public health is in jeopardy. Okay, so that's, okay. Should we be able to claim a religious exemption when public health is in jeopardy? Okay, so the next question is public health in jeopardy. So the first question is, how do you define what's jeopardy? And how is public health, what does that look like? What does it look like when public health is in jeopardy? I'm going to argue that right now, currently, as of today, September 29th, 2021, that public health is not in jeopardy. I don't think it's actually ever really truly been in jeopardy uh, from COVID-19. I'm not saying COVID-19 doesn't exist. I know it exists. But when I think of a pandemic, I think of people dropping like flies everywhere, right? Like you, like you could barely go out and, and be around to anybody because you will die. You will get COVID. You'll die. You'll, you'll die of a heart attack, whatever. You will be contaminated and... And public health will be in jeopardy. We are not in that world, okay? We are in, what we're what we're living in is a world where you have evildoers behind the scenes who are running the Federal Reserve, who are running pharmaceutical companies, uh, who are running the government, uh, the economy, and China. And all these places, you know, are trying, well, number one, trying to bring down America financially. That's going to happen at some point, by the way. <clears throat> Mark my words on that one. But you have a bunch of evildoers, a cabal, who have literally taken over the world, okay? But they're doing it behind the scenes. Nobody knows who they are. Well, I mean, you can kind of guess who some of them are. George Soros, Bill Gates, you know, people like that. Uh, Facebook. <laughs> YouTube even. I was banned from YouTube last week. I couldn't broadcast here on YouTube because they banned my show. They deleted it. They didn't watch it. They just simply deleted it because I used that V word. Uh, but anyway, public, our, our health isn't in public jeopardy. What's, what's in jeopardy is critical thinking throughout the world. That's actually what's in jeopardy. The other thing that's in jeopardy is courage. We don't seem to have a lot of people who want to stand up and actually have courage and state the truth about things, right? Um, so anyway, without going into a whole speech about that, 
getting back to this guy's article, he says, Recently I was asked if Christians should be able to claim religious exemption when public health is in jeopardy. Their question made me ask myself, what does my faith in Jesus Christ exempt me from? Hmm. Okay. That's an interesting question. Um, we'll just stop that for, for that. It says here, below is a partial list of what came to mind. My faith in Jesus Christ exempts me from putting my wants above the needs of others. Uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others, Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Uh, claiming my freedom in Christ as liberty to act without responsibility. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this. One commandment, love your neighbor as yourself, Galatians five thirteen and 14. Refusing to protect the most vulnerable in our midst, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me, Matthew 25, 40. And then he says this, therefore, my quote, religious exemption, unquote, requires I receive the COVID vaccination to safeguard life and wear a mask to care for my neighbor. Claiming the Christian faith is no justification to refuse these measures by invoking the name of Jesus to claim exemption. You are using the Lord's name in vain and therefore sinning. Now you may have your own political or personal reasons not to do so, but please stop claiming your faith in Jesus Christ as justification. <laughs> Clearly an opinion piece. Uh, and clearly, uh, just clearly a, an opinion piece. I mean, this is, this is so bad. This is so poorly written that I don't even know where to begin. And Randall, I would love for you to come on and talk about this. Um, because there's just so much here. Like, first of all, what does our faith exempt us from? How would you answer that? Well, of course, he's, you know, those, those things that he lists that exempt us from, he's arguing you know, setting up the straw man on behalf of those who are uh, wanting a to use a religious exemption from um, getting an injection. Right, getting the getting the yeah yeah, and and of course I would I I myself and I'm sure I speak for others would be delighted if there were another means like scientific grounds. Uh, for exemption, um, you know, rationale as as an exemption, but what the powers that be have given as an exemption for not receiving an experimental injection is a religious exemption, and so that is what that's what's being offered as a way out, not a scientific objection, not a you know not a whatever exemption, common sense or you know caution exemption. 
but a religious exemption, especially those who are, you know, W-2 employees, things like that, and, you know, part of workforces where employers are demanding this kind of thing. So it's just what's being offered. Uh, so I don't think that those um, exercising that only option given to them are making a faith statement per se, you know, because I'm sure there are non-believers that will <laughs> take that because mm-hmm. um, I know that there are atheists out there who are cautious about receiving an experimental injection and, you know, and have good reasons to, but what's being offered to everybody is just a religious exemption. If you don't want to, if you don't want to receive that injection. So, right. I, I think that, yeah, it's, it's, so Christ- this, it's Christians in particular, they're targeting here. Well, yeah, which think, is very clear from this article. I think the reason for the religious exemption is, is again, to not to one more tool to separate people of faith from those not of faith, specifically Christians. Right. And um, so, yeah, I think those, that, again, just in summary, those exercising the religious exemption are not making a faith statement. They're not making a doctrinal statement. They're using the one, the one option, the one and only option given to them from opting out of an experimental injection. Okay. I appreciate you weighing in on that. Well, here's the other thing. Okay. This pastor Keith Marshall guy, um, he miss, he, he misapplies the word of God in this article. Okay. I mean, he completely takes, takes them all out of context, you know, um, putting my wants above the needs of others. Where is that in scripture? Well, I, no, I mean, seriously, think about that. Putting my one. I think that's his point, that, that that's not in Scripture. He's saying that those okay. that are taking religious exemption, these are the things they say it exempts them from, and he's arguing that with a Scripture. Okay, because some people are arguing that the vaccine, <gasps> that word, the injection, is from God, right? Okay, and we'll play you that audio in a little bit, but okay, so... Uh, Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each, but each of you to the interests of others. Well, it's interesting that injection, people who haven't gotten it and have been around lots of people who have it are getting COVID because it's shedding on them. So the question is, well, how is it loving or whatever to get the vaccine and then be around somebody that doesn't have it because you're shedding on them. How is that putting your interest, you know, the unvaccinated? How is that putting the unvaccinated, you know, is that putting the unvaccinated above you? Or, you know, are you looking out for the best interest of the unvaccinated when you're vaccinated and you're shedding on them and you're getting them sick because you're vaccinated? Just a question. Um, And then he, he talks about the Galatians passage, you know, all that is, is fine and good. But when he brings this in here, therefore, my religious exemption requires I receive the COVID vaccination. What a lineup. <laughs> Crap. Just saying, people. Um, that is such bull- baloney. That's not what I want to say. But trying to be a, a lady here. I'm in Tennessee. I got to be Southern. <laughs> <laughs> and not just, you know, a- anyway. Okay, so let's now go ahead and watch. 
uh, the governor of New York. Okay, let me give you a little background on her before we, we play this audio, this video. So this was reported over on Breitbart.com. And by the way, you might remember Breitbart, Andrew Breitbart, who mysteriously ended up dead, which many people believe he was murdered. Um, and this is his namesake. You know, basically his work is carried on. Don't forget that either. You know, hmm, why is Andrew Breitbart not around anymore? Um, anyway, <clears throat> says here, watch New York Governor Kathy Hochul proclaims unvaccinated people aren't listening to God. Well, let me give you a little bit about a little background about her. If you go over to Ballotpedia, that's where I went, Ballotpedia.org. Um, this is what the Ballotpedia says. It says she's from the Democratic Party. She's the governor of New York. She assumed office on August 24th, 2021. So literally, she's been in office one month. <laughs> Uh, her current term ends January 1st, 2023. Um, she, let's see here. She, um, she ran on a joint ticket with gubernatorial nominee Andrew Cuomo, uh, who resigned on August 24th. Huh. Um, anyway, you can read more about that. And um, anyway, and then some of the people that endorsed her. I'm just scrolling down through this page. It gives the history of everywhere she served, by the way. This isn't being the governor isn't her first thing. Um, she was in public service before that, but <clears throat> here it is. I highlighted it. Okay. It says here, Kathy Hochul is the 77th Lieutenant Governor of New York, a lifelong New Yorker. By the way, I'm from New York. So I have, a, I love New York. I love the Yankees and the Mets. She was born and raised in a blue-collar Irish Catholic family in Buffalo that instilled a deep passion for public service and activism. She continued that fighting spirit as a student organizer, as a young attorney, and to aid Senator Daniel Patrick Moynihan, and then as a member of her town board, Erie County Clerk, as a member of Congress. After the Tea Party wave in 2011, Kathy entered a special election in the most Republican congressional district in the state, and against all odds, won as a proud Democrat. Her election and later her victory was viewed as a national referendum on um, Paul Ryan's agenda to bankrupt Social Security and Medicare. Despite risking uh, her re-election, Kathy always fought to protect the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare. A woman's right to choose, a.k.a. murdering the preborn infant baby while inside the mother's womb growing and developing, and the rights of our LGBT community, a.k.a an abomination to the Lord. Don't hate me for saying that. That's God's word says that homosexuality is an abomination. And that's what LGBTQ community advocates for. Um, <clears throat> she proudly received the endorsement of various women's groups like Emily's list and was often targeted by conservative media for her defense of the contraception mandate under Obamacare. She was also endor endorsed by the human rights campaign and has been a lifelong champion for the LGBTQ community and the fight for equality uh, blah, 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 blah. That's all you need to know. Okay. That's her worldview. Her worldview is completely flipped of mine. Uh, and if she was really a Bible believing Catholic, she would not be supporting any of it, but let's now watch her give a, uh, little presentation. This was at, uh, what was this at? I got to tell you, cause it's important. It was, where does she speak at? Cause it's on the podium. It was at some Christian event she was at. <clears throat> I might be able to find it while we're listening to it. I should have that. It should be right here in the article. But uh, there's a lot of 
stuff here. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, she declared during her remarks before Brooklyn's Christian Cultural Center. So Brooklyn's Christian Cultural Center apparently is where she was speaking at. So let's, let's watch this. I think you'll think you'll find it very interesting. We have to get this community back. And what we went through this pandemic made us stronger. I believe that, especially when I talk to young people who weren't able to have their graduations from high school or a normal life for the last 18 months. I say to them, whatever comes your way in life, you are stronger. You are more resilient. God let you survive this pandemic because he wants you to do great things someday. He lets you live through this when so many other people did not. And that is also your responsibility. But how do we keep more people alive? We are not through this pandemic. I wished we were, but I prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say, thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. We have to solve this, my friends. I need every one of you. I need you to let them know that this is how we can get, fight, fight this pandemic, come back to normal, and then start talking about the real issues that we have to. Fighting systemic racial injustice, which exists today. And if there's a denier, I will take you on any date because I've seen it. I know it exists. And we are not going to have a blind eye to this ever again any longer under my watch. And that is my commitment to you. All right. Isn't she beautiful? I, I actually genuinely mean that. I think she's a beautiful lady. She's very articulate, very well-spoken. I just completely disagree with her worldview. I don't agree with it at all. Um, I think that um, when she says, I know you're vaccinated, I'm, I'm reading the quote here. Um, she says here, and I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. All of you, yes, I know you're vaccinated. They probably had to be to go to this thing, just so you know. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know who they are. I'm not vaccinated. Wait, hold on. I am not vaccinated. Just so you know, I... Me, Stacey Lynn Harp, is not vaccinated. Now, if for some strange unknown reason I end up dead from COVID someday, then that will be God's will. But I am not vaccinated. I don't take the flu shot. I am not getting this either. And lots of people are like, well, you know, whatever. Okay. Now, let's look at... Oh, let's see if Randall has any comment on this first, and then we're going to look at something else here. I'm going to give you another perspective. 
from J.D. Farag's testimonies. Well, you know, there we go once again, this division. You are the smart ones. You're vaccinated. You are the smart ones. The clear implication is the unvaccinated are stupid. Yeah. Or, what? And, and so, you know, and, and it's by design. We see it not only there in that video with the governor. We see it in, in social media, uh, this fueling of division. You know, they're... You know, the haves and the have-nots, the have been vaccinated and the have not been vaccinated. And and both sides are fueled. It's, you know, again, the, the vaccinated or the sheep, you know, the sheeple that are, you know, that are, you know, pawns of the government. And the ones that aren't vaccinated are, you know, tinfoil hat conspiracy whack jobs that are you know, spelling out the demise of civilization. You know, and they Those and, are the only two options, exactly. by the way. <laughs> that's, yeah, there's no middle ground. You know. seem, those seem to be the only ones presented uh, you know, in mainstream media, be that, you know, broadcast media and social media. Yeah. Uh the, the, to fuel the the narrative on both sides. You can't find, you know, even minded, you know, people anywhere out there uh and if we keep everybody sequestered and on lockdown or you know make sure only the vaccinated get together and only unvaccinated can get together then we're sure to continue to fuel uh the separation and uh, animosity uh between citizens which is great you know divide and conquer and but that's a, a whole whole nother topic there right. That's my commentary. Thank you for Randall's rant. Okay, anyway, that wasn't really a rant, but you know, I you know, I hate this topic. Just so you know, I hate this topic. But the reason I'm talking about it again is because I'm moderate. Okay? I'm generally a moderate person. I know you probably don't agree with me on that. But what I mean by that is I can hear I'm a tolerant person in the truest sense of the word tolerance. I am truly tolerant. In other words, I can hear your point of view and not like villainize you or make you a villain like you're, oh, you're the, you know, I can't be your friend anymore. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I'm truly tolerant. It's like, look, I want to hear your point of view so I can learn. And I would hope that you would respect me enough to hear my point of view so that I, you know, so that you can learn from me. As a friend of mine said uh, recently, um, <laughs> <laughs> she said this and it made me laugh. Wait, I gotta, I, I wrote it down because I thought it was so funny. Um, we're, we were talking about, we were talking about how people think differently, right? And she said, if we all thought the same, we'd be minions and turn yellow. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. I thought if we, if we, if we all thought the same, we'd be minions and turn yellow. <laughs> Ah, that's a quotable. You can tweet that. I tweet that out. <laughs> that was so funny to me. It was funny the way she said it. But um, if you're watching, you know who you are. I, you know, it's true. If we all thought alike, we would be minions, and we'd probably turn yellow. I mean, um, it, it's funny because um, you know, in countries where people 
are forced to think alike. Those are called communist nations that are run by dictators, which means the following of them are minions. Okay, anyway, so so we need to have a different perspective, right? We need to have a perspective that allows for both views so that we can go, huh, you know what? I never thought of it that way. You know, it was like I, I, I mentioned it before, looking at a different issue, looking at the different facets of, facets of God's word, looking at a diamond. You know, this is fake, by the way. It's plastic. But it's a diamond. And, you know, when you look at it differently, you're like, oh, my gosh, I never saw that before. It's so beautiful. You know, it's a different perspective than, you know, looking at it one way. You know, and those of you who have ever been in sales, have probably heard, you know, the illustration of the elephant, right? You know, you put blindfolded people around an elephant and you have them feel a certain part of the elephant and describe it, right? And one person might get the trunk, you might, one person might get the tail, might, one person might just have the stomach and then they're all describing it. Well, it's the same animal, they're just describing it different. So it's the same thing here. You know, if... If you're stupid because you're you're saying no to the vaccine, well, then you're stupid. Well, <laughs> what? Really? That's nice. That's very nice of you to say that. I'm stupid and not smart and, you know, and all that. I really appreciate that. Gosh, my master's degree would, like, totally, like, defy that comment, but whatever. Um Anyway, so so let's look here at some of the testimonies that Pastor J.D. Frog uh, over there in, in his church, his Calvary Chapel Church over in the Hawaii area, came in. Now, what he did is he put together, he asked his viewers and listeners to send in testimonies of what God is doing in, in their life. And uh, Pastor J.D. Frog is is one of the pastors out there who is allowing, he's writing a letters, the religious exemption letter for anybody who wants it that, you know, comes through his ministry. He already talked about how 40,000 letters he's written. He's sent out 40,000. He asked for feedback on what God is doing. He received over 125 printed out pages of testimony from the people, and it's still coming in. This is the, from the first batch he has shared. I want you to hear this. This person that wrote in, wrote in anonymously. They said, Pastor Farag, I'm one of those who the doctor refused to see because I refused to wear a mask, and now it's the vaccine. I was being treated for macular degeneration, and for five years I had been receiving injection in my eyes. In July of 2020, the doctor refused service because I wouldn't wear a mask and no other doctor would see me. So I asked the church, I have attended for 30 years to come, anoint me with oil, and pray over me. The whole church came, laid hands on me, and prayed for my healing. We are now in September 2021, and God has performed a miracle for me. Praise his wonderful name. And then they also say, but you know, Pastor, even if he didn't, of course, I'm so grateful he did, my trust would still be in my great physician, Jesus. He has never required anything other than believing in him. He has given all of us faith. Maybe we just needed some help to exercise that faith. Amen? So, um, amen to that. Um, here's another one. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to... Let's see. I'm trying to trying to see here. 
Yeah. Well, I'll just read this. Okay. I'm trying to make it bigger so I can, maybe I can push that button there. There we go. <laughs> okay. This is from somebody named Peggy Landis, L-A-N-D-I-S. She writes, Pastor J.D. Frog, thank you for all your wonderful sermons and really putting me on fire for Christ. The Lord has essentially been preparing me for this journey since 2018. He has slowly and gently been breaking me to make me into the woman I am today. I was stubborn, strong-willed, and pretty bossy, to say the least. Um, But God had another plan for me. Even my husband said, something is different about you. On July 2nd, 2018, I wrote God a letter stating, I surrender my life to you. Take me where you desire. Wherever your will and purpose for my life is, I will follow. I was a professed Christian for 30 plus years and never read the entire Bible. But God started giving me ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive. Your sermons were directly lining up with the scripture I was reading, and it was like a light had been lit that I had never seen before. Through this entire journey, the Lord has been teaching me surrender, submission, and obedience. Then my employer mandated the VAX and or weekly testing. I was saddened, but I said, okay, Lord, take me where you want me. And he started opening doors in the community for little jobs everywhere, and I became confident to take the leap of faith. I wrote my employer and explained that I could not bow down to the authoritarian mandate of the vaccine or testing because I only served my Lord Jesus Christ. I requested a religious accommodation and prayed, Lord, if you want me to move forward, then close the door and I will move. If you want me to stay then you will create a way to stay. I began to read Daniel chapter 1 through chapter 3 in my Bible study group during the lunch break on 9-13-21 and saw that Daniel, um, and, and J.D. says, and, she's, and she, I like this, uses the Hebrews names, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were all protected by God's favor for following the Lord. I was that perfect peace that if I lost my job, the Lord would provide. And then the Lord seemed to say, watch me now. I returned to work after lunch on 9-13 to find an email from my employer stating your religious accommodation has been approved and you will not need to partake in testing or vaccination. All I can say is, wow, God, and now I continue to serve my father with great expectation of his return while doing the continuing work of bringing others to Christ. So here's another one. Now, I don't know about you, but that might not seem like a big deal, but people are coming to faith through this, and God is doing this. Um, This is from Carrie Shortridge. She says, I'm a nurse at Vanderbilt in Middle Tennessee, where a vaccine has been mandated. And this is true. I live in Middle Tennessee. I have a friend at my church who's a nurse, uh, and she is dealing with this very issue right now. Anyway, um, she says, I submitted my religious exemption, and it was accepted seven days later. God also brought me through COVID into recovery. Uh, Got to give him all the praise and the glory. Listen to this. Pay attention to this one, okay? This one will blow you away. This is from Kelly Anderson. Pastor JD, I'm watching the video where you're talking about the effects of the vaccine on those who got it and who were exposed. Well, I'm one too. And then JD says, I want you to listen very carefully now to these. And then going back to Kelly's comment, I have not been vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine. I'm 39 in excellent health. We very healthy, work out six days a week, have no serious chronic health issues that would affect me in this way. 
After being exposed to vaccinated people, I have had crippling menstrual cycles, passing huge clots. Okay, I'm just going to be gross a minute. Many years ago when I had a, you know, a uterus and I had my monthly cycles, I had very big problems with my period. I mean, it was my whole thing. I couldn't have kids. Anyway, long story short, I know what passing a huge blood clot is like, okay? Um, it is not normal. It's, it's you know, it, it's crippling. It, it can be very, it's painful, actually. She didn't have any of that before this, okay? So, anyway, she's, she goes on to say they've been lasting 13 days, referring to her period, breaking for seven days, then another 13 days of heavy bleeding. My doctor has brushed it off as natural, but I do not accept that. This has been happening for eight months. I now take iron supplements because I became anemic from this. I'm not anti-vaccine. All our children are vaccinated, save this one. We choose to say no. And then I'm just, I got to skip through here. There's a lot here. Um, Then Matthew Fleischman, here's another testimony. He writes, I have not been vaccinated. I emailed you back in May or June to let you know that I had fallen sick after being around coworkers that have been vaccinated a day prior. The coworkers were experiencing moderate symptoms that their doctors said were, quote, just the vaccine settling in their system, unquote. My symptoms, which I attributed to being shedded on by spike proteins, were fever, sweats, headache, and body aches. It was intense and completely sapped my energy for three and a half days. I only rested and slept the sickness off. Well, on September 8th, I fell ill again. I had the same exact symptoms. This time, I treated it with a COVID preventative protocol, quercetin, zinc, vitamin C, and vitamin D. I was better in one and a half to two days. I did a COVID self-test during sickness, and it was negative. Just prior to being sick, I had traveled by car from California to Idaho and back, interacting and being exposed to lots of people. I think I was shed on yet again. I just want uh, you to know that this, that know this in case it helps you with any of your data and understanding. All right, and then here is another one, and this should give you chills, if you're, especially if you're living in California. This one is from Katrina Lumley. She said here, hi, JD, back on July 23rd, I was diagnosed with COVID. I have asthma like you, because JD Frog has asthma, and I get bronchitis a lot. So two weeks prior, I had already come down with bronchitis before getting COVID. I went to urgent care in Beaumont because I was having trouble breathing. They said they thought I had COVID but couldn't test me. So I had to go to the ER at Redlands Community Hospital. In the large room with me, there were two other women, all had COVID, all had the vaccine. I was the only one there unvaccinated. Both were in worse condition than me. One had an oxygen percentage of 61% and the other was having a stroke. Even though I felt so tight and I felt like I couldn't breathe, my oxygen rate was at 93%. But God. Anyway, the doctor said, I'm sending you home. I asked him, what are you going to do to give me, you know, give me for COVID? He replied, nothing. I asked him for antibiotics for the COVID. He said, I did not need them. I then asked, would you at the very least give me prednisone since I have asthma and now COVID? He agreed to do that and only that. The doctor sent me home to die like thousands of other people because I was unvaccinated. They all treated me with contempt because I was unvaccinated. I called my own doctor two weeks later because I was still so sick and he said I would be okay because I was almost over it now. He had been 
trying to get me to get the vaccine for months. I went home, told my very good friend who used to work with a doctor that still had a medical practice. He told her without treatment and my asthma, I would not survive without treatment of the COVID since I had already been sick. He prescribed hydrochloroquine and a Z-Pack along with a regimen of vitamins. The medication cost $58 and that's without insurance. I started the medication on Monday and was very sick for three weeks. I couldn't even stand up without passing out. I couldn't eat. I lost my taste and smell. I couldn't breathe. I had an awful headache and only went away with it with my migraine medicine and couldn't see visually. I lost 23 pounds. As sick as I was, though, my oxygen level never dipped below 90%. But God... I later found out I caught COVID at work. I want you to listen very carefully from one of seven coworkers, all of whom were vaccinated. I still don't have my smell back, but everything else is great. And um, <clears throat> J.D. Farag went on to say this. He, he commentated during this. He said, now I need you just to bear with me, please. Late, late last night, I was praying and seeking the Lord about this. And then early this morning, I woke up a little bit earlier than I usually do on a Sunday morning and was asking the Lord and was prompted by the Lord to include this. So I included this just this morning because it speaks to and answers the question of what's going on. Why are people getting so sick? Why are people that have already gotten COVID, not gotten the vaccine, getting so sick? Could it be that it's because those they're close in proximity to those who've gotten the vaccine as we just read from these testimonials? <clears throat> well, pictured here is, well, we don't have it, but an August 26th article on LifeSite News titled Study, Fully Vaccinated Healthcare Workers Carry 251 Times Viral Load Pose Threat to Unvaccinated Patients and Coworkers. Kindly allow me to quote from this article, quote, a groundbreaking preprint paper by the prestigious Oxford University clinical research group published August 10th in the Lancet. If you know anything about medical journals, then you know this is a very popular medical journal, okay? Includes alarming findings devastating to COVID vaccine rollout. The study vaccinated uh, found vaccinated individuals carry 251 times the load of COVID-19 viruses in their nostrils compared to the unvaccinated. While moderating the symptoms of infection, the jab allows vaccinated individuals to carry unusually high viral loads without becoming ill first. Did you hear that? I'm going to read that again. The jab allows vaccinated individuals to carry unusually high viral loads without becoming ill first, potentially transforming them into pre-symptomatic super spreaders. This phenomena may be the source of the shocking post-vaccination surges in heavily vaccinated populations globally. Still quoting from the article in The Lancet, the medical journal from Oxford, the paper's authors uh, demonstrated widespread vaccine failure and transmission under tightly controlled circumstances and hospital lockdown in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. The scientists studied healthcare workers who were unable to leave the hospital for two weeks. The data showed that fully vaccinated workers about two months after injection with the Oxford uh, Zeneca COVID-19 vaccine acquired, carried, and presumably transmitted the Delta variant to their vaccinated colleagues. They all most certainly also passed the, the Delta infection to susceptible unvaccinated people, including their patients. And then it says this, 
Sequencing of strains confirmed the workers transmitted SARS-CoV-2 to one another. Thus, we have a key piece to the puzzle explaining why the Delta outbreak is so formidable. Fully vaccinated are participating as COVID-19 patients and acting as powerful typhoid Mary style super spreaders of the infection. Vaccinated individuals are blasting out concentrated viral explosions into their communities and fueling new COVID surges. By the way, if you're watching this live, I would encourage you to share this out because I suspect we'll get struck for sharing this. Vaccinated, um, um, which will mean it would be their second strike, and i got to be super careful if I'm going to stay on YouTube here. Um, Anyway, it says here, Vaccinated individuals are blasting out consecrated viral explosions into their communities and fueling new COVID sur- surges. Vaccinated healthcare workers are almost certainly infecting their coworkers and patients, causing horrendous collateral damage. And I could go on and on and on and on and talk about this. But let me share one other story here. Because this is important. Now, this has to do with the antibodies, okay? So, um, and this is from, doesn't say, this is an anonymous source, okay? This person wrote, J.D. Farag, said, I just got off the phone with my nephew's wife. She shared with me about her friends going to Minute Clinic at CVS Long's Kalau. They went in for an antibody test. The lady helping them told them, wow, you have a lot of antibodies. And she continued the conversation saying she had a, she has had a lot of vaccinated people come in for an antibody test and said they had no antibodies, <clears throat> not low antibodies, no antibodies. And went on to said, I can't explain it. I can't explain it. Another family member went to the same clinic to check her antibodies, and she's loaded. She is not vaccinated, but did have a COVID. She did have COVID a while ago. Can anybody in the medical medical field explain this? Um, and then it says here that a mom and two sisters just got an antibody test at CVS Kalau or however you say that, and they had natural antibodies from having COVID this summer. The nurse gave them a paper saying that they are good until April of 2022. The nurse also said she doesn't know how to explain it, but a lot of people who are fully vaccinated are testing, having zero antibodies, and our friend's husband is one of them. Okay. So, and, and, and if you want a PDF of this, let me know. Just email me, text me, send me a text on wherever you can get in touch with me. I will send you this PDF that I just read from, which are testimonials being sent in to Pastor J.D. Frog. Right, you're not going to hear this most places. You, most people aren't going to take the time to read an 18-page transcript that this is taken from. But you got to ask yourself, and I always tell you this: you have to ask yourself why, how come, how come huh, this piece doesn't seem to fit with this piece here, you know? Um, and so, with that said, Bareface, you have any final thoughts here, or do you want me to just wrap this up like a pretty bow? Go ahead and wrap it up. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. Okay, so we're going to wrap up hour one here of our show, Bible News Radio, uh, where our goal here is to reach the hearts of people one verse at a time and to give you a a different perspective, hopefully one that will, you know, give you some hope. (laughs) You know, cheer you up a little bit. Uh, But also, you know, not shy away from the 
you know, the other stuff. There's there's always another side of the story. You know, like like I like I quoted earlier. Hey, if we all thought the same, we'd be minions and turn yellow. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to turn yellow. <laughs> don't want to be a minion. Um, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to read his word accurately in the context in which it's written uh, with the intent, with understanding who it was written to in the first place, how we we accept it today, and how we live it and apply it to our lives. Um, In our next hour, we're going to talk about the topic, people aren't listening to God. And that's actually Uh, a little bit. We're going to talk about Franklin Graham. I'm going to share with you some sad stuff, um, but hopefully encourage you at the same time. And I have a great story about a nine-year-old who shows knack for Bible memorization. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that as well. So if you're watching live, come on back in a couple of minutes. We have to reboot everything. If you're listening to the archive of this, just click to the next show. You can know where it is. Just click down there, watch, listen to hour two. And um, again, Thank you for tuning in. If you want to help our work, go over to hearttug.org. Give us a donation, however God leads you, and um, we'll see you soon.